Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Amen. So hopefully you're in Romans 5 by now. Uh, And let me begin with this thought. It's a question. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a heroic act. Have you ever been on the receiving end? Anybody, if you want to insert a word, have you ever been like rescued? I think a couple times in my life, I I would qualify as I got rescued. A couple stories. I was uh, three, maybe four years old, and I grew up in the 1900s. Does that not sound just funny to say that? So anyway, I grew up in the 1900s, and back in the 1900s, we didn't have as many safety rules. And so we were on family vacation in Florida, and there was this place called Highlands Hammock. And and it was basically a bunch of walkways that went out into the the Everglades. That's the word, into the Everglades. And you just walked around, and then there would be uh, gators the alligators around this walkway, and we're like this far above them, and the gators could swim under the walkway. Anyway, long, long story short, we went to this one little place where there was this little deck area, viewing area, and there was this huge alligator. I still have a couple vivid memories of the alligator. It must have been really old. It was, it was big. By the way, it wasn't just big because I was small, and it looked like... It was a legit, like, 12-foot, 13-old. It was so old that it was blind, all right? And I remember this alligator. My grandpa used to talk about it as well. The way it survived is people would throw food off of the little walkway that we were in, and then the alligator would hear it, hit the water, and then, so, got it? On this day, we got, people were throwing marshmallows out, And when the marshmallow would hit the water, the gator would go like that. That was my alligator impression. And whatever would hit the So I, three-year-old, thought, that's cool. So I I went walking over to get a glimpse of this alligator that was right there. And as I went over, I tripped, and I began to fall. My head hit the one rail that was like, you know, two feet. And I began to fall through the rail into the on big old blind dude gator. And as I was falling, my dad <laughs> reached out, grabbed my arm. I'm so glad my dad was there and, and saved me because you know how it may have gone. <laughs> uh, we won't go there. And maybe, maybe it wouldn't have killed me. Maybe my ninja skills at three years old would have. Uh, but it, it. So, hey, the question is, have you ever been on the receiving end of a heroic act? Can I give you one more? Five or six, these stories basically just tell you how challenged I was as a child. Six years old, maybe five or six, I was at my cousin's house, and they were uh, draining grain from a grain wagon. Some of you didn't, don't have a farming background, here's a grain wagon, and they fill this up in the field, and then they take it to the silo, and then they drain the grain. So anyway, as, hey, this is important, as the, as the grain is going out, the, the level goes down, and you're not supposed to play up in the corn because here's what happens. I was, 
playing in the corn with my cousin, Roger. We would stand in the corn, and because it's like an hourglass, and you would start to sink in the corn. By the way, do some research. People die in grain accidents every year. So we would see how far down the grain would suck us in before we could effectively pull our legs out. It's like an adrenaline rush for a six-year-old, okay? So we were doing that, and dummy, I stood there and was too long. And I still remember going, uh, uh, as the grain was coming up, and my big, strong cousin Bernard saw, probably saw my panicked face, climbed up the wagon, grabbed me by the shoulder, pulled me out. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a heroic act? Even if you don't have a memory like that in your life, I would tell you that you have. And can you guess where we're going? Jesus Christ has performed an amazing heroic act on behalf of each and every one of us. By the way, God is kind of into being a hero. If you read the Bible, so many places people would get in a mess, their lives would be hard or difficult, and they would cry out to God, and then he would be the hero, and he would save them. In Psalm 81.7, here's what the Bible says. In your distress... You called, and I rescued you. I rescued you. Throughout Jesus' ministry, there were moments where I am sure people thought, Jesus, you are my hero. One example is in Luke chapter 7. There's a funeral procession. A mom's only son has died, and there's a funeral procession, and they're carrying the casket, the coffin, and it says in the verse before, it says, Jesus' heart went out to her, and so he goes up to the coffin, and he puts his hand on the coffin, and then he basically says to this man, yo, he doesn't say yo, he's just, guy, dead guy, get up. Here's what it says. In verse 15, it says, The dead man sat up and began to talk. And I love this part. Jesus gave him back to his mother. And I'll bet when that all happened, the mom is thinking, Jesus, you are my hero. So hold that thought. This Easter weekend, we are going to explore the heroic nature or heart of God. We're going to do it through Romans 5. A few weeks back, I was doing my Bible time, and this section of Scripture just kind of captured me, and it took me to a place of appreciation of who Jesus Christ is. By the way, the book of Romans, for, <laughs> for me... Is a harder book. For, I've been a Christian now for a while. I still remember trying to read Romans when I first became a Christian. I'd give up. <coughs> but now, sorry. <coughs> but now, could somebody grab me a water? That'd be awesome. Um, 
But now, as I walk, oh, by the way, it's kind of a difficult book for me. Some of you will be, it'll be great. Because it's basically teaching theology. There aren't as many stories, but there are great sections of pure ideas about who God is and who Jesus is. And this section struck me. In Romans 5, verse 6, it says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Let me say that again. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> title of the talk this Easter weekend is Easter 2020, Our Amazing Hero. And I want to give you two characteristics of Jesus Christ that I think are remarkable. And just, just my hope in this talk. One, for some of us, it's going to be a reminder of why we love him so much. For others, these might be ideas that would make a spiritual shift in your life. And you may come to discover that Jesus Christ is your hero and, and you need him in your life. So uh, let me pause and pray and we'll look at a couple characteristics of Jesus through this text. <clears throat> I'm praying as I drink water. Father, <laughs> God, I think you know how amazing your son is. I know you know that. Many of us know that. So will you please remind us of his heart and his, his, the heroism that is just in him? And I pray for an openness that all of us would be able to pay attention and hear your voice in the midst of this. If I say something good, God, will you make it stick with us? If I say something silly, will you help us forget it and just move on? We hope this time honors you and affects our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I have two characteristics of Jesus that make him a hero like no other. The first one is this. Jesus is a hero like no other because he saves really bad people. Write that down. Just write down really bad people. In verse 6, it says, Christ died for the, you can say it with me if you want, the ungodly. Explored that word a little bit, the ungodly. <clears throat> Here's what it looks like in the original language. It's that weird-looking word. It means ungodly, impious. It includes wicked. We don't use that word a lot, wicked. And it was interesting to me that it means not just bad on the inside, but bad on the inside, and it also that it affects the outside. So it's kind of more of a complete badness. Hey, can we all confess, it's pretty easy for most of us, if we are honest, we got some wicked stuff, some bad stuff on the inside of us, but we try to keep it mostly a secret, don't we? Let me just do it this way. How many of you are really glad that we all don't know all the things you did last week? Or all the things you thought of doing last week? week. 
So I don't even have to illustrate it much more than that, right? Any of you glad that in many ways we can kind of whitewash, cover those things up, and we try to keep those things kind of secret so that we look better? This word includes not just those of us who, who have a sense of good and bad and try to cover it up. This word includes that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly, that he died for even the people who don't really try to cover it up. I had an acquaintance years ago that startled me with a statement. He was getting ready to go to Vegas. And uh, he said to me, hey, Mark. And we were just acquaintances, and I happened to see him. And he was so excited because he was going to go to Vegas. And in the midst of the conversation, he said, I've been saving my money. I can't wait. I'm going to get a prostitute. And I probably remember the conversation because I was just stunned, you know, and I actually was enough of a friend that I had a long conversation with him. And I'm like, hey, just come on. Can we, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? But I was stunned. I was amazed. Two things. One, I thought, not a great idea. Not a good idea. Then the second thing probably that stunned me was, I can't believe you would tell me that. I just can't believe you would share. That's the kind of thing you try to. God, are you with me on that? <laughs> the word ungodly that Jesus came and died for, it includes, he came and died for even when we or they, people, they're not even trying to cover it up. We can explore this differently by looking at verses seven, verse 7. Here we go. Pay attention. It says in our text, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though, I like this, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Let me ask you this question. Here's how we'll explore it. Who would you die for? You. Pause. This doesn't take long, right? Hopefully, hopefully there's at least somebody in your life you think, oh, well, I would trade my life for theirs. and I would. Who would you die for? You know, immediately I think of my kids, I think of friends. I would like to think that there are actually many people that I would go, oh, no, I would, you know, die for them. All right, let's switch up the question. Second question. Here, think of it this way. Who would you definitely not die for, right? Who wouldn't? Pause and think about it. Pause. Think about it. Is there anybody that comes to your mind because you'd be like, I would no way I would die for them. You know what, in some ways, it's almost like, yeah, I, it's okay if they, yeah. Some of you are so holy, you can't think of anybody. But I can think of a few people that I've met. I remember thinking, man, I'm just not sure I would jump in front of a bus to push them out of the way. If... Can I tell you one? I had a neighbor once. Oh, I don't know if I can tell you. Okay. It's where we're in our, our old neighborhood. I brought up God to this guy one time, and his response was, don't talk to me about God. Beep, 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 beep. I don't want to hear about beep, 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 God. 
Anybody who believes, I've lived my whole life independent of God. Beep, that, beep, beep, God. He was like calling God names. And at the end, he said, he's, a, he's just a beeping, beep, beep. He's just a crutch. I almost never have nothing to say, but I still remember at the end of his comments going, And I went back to my house. I just didn't know what to say. There's other things. I anyway, you know what I thought? Is there anybody that if I had the choice, who I for sure wouldn't die for? Back in that day, I remember thinking, I just, man, I, there's not hope for you. Can I tell you my best study? And I know I've taken too long on this point. My best study, my best read of this text where Jesus Christ came and died for the ungodly, he died for him. Here's what I'm trying to make the case for. You can write this down. God's heart is... God's heart to intervene is extreme. It is extreme. People that we don't, people that we would not intervene for, people that, did, that are anti-God. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross. The work of the cross was not just meant for those of us who are sort of kind of trying. The work of the cross was meant for everyone. In my recent Bible time, in the Gospels, all four Gospels tell stories, the story of Jesus getting beaten as part of the crucifixion. And this captured me a few weeks ago in Mark 15. You might want to write that down. Just write down Mark 15. It's talking about Jesus before the actual cross. They turn him over and they put him in the hands of a, of a company of soldiers, probably somewhere between 40 and 60 men. And it says, they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. They were mocking him. And then here's what stopped me in my tracks during my devotions. It says, again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff. Again and again. Now, something you may not know, a staff, a, a, a shepherd's crook, it's not a two-before. It's not something that'll kill you. It would be, you know, this big around, and it would be arguably the perfect size to be able to hit a man again, hit him in the head, and then hit him again, and hit him again, and hit him again, and hit him again, and hit him again. It's not big enough that it'll kill him. It just allows, it just allows for people to hit him, and 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 hit him. And I wish I could articulate the feeling that I had in my heart, but here's the idea. When I was just thinking about soldiers hitting him, and then hitting him, and I was thinking, why? Why? And it was a way, here's my thought, it was a way that Jesus could take hit after hit after hit that we deserve, but he could take hit after hit for all humanity. Take a hit for me. That I really deserve. Hit, take hits for you. Take hits for the worst of us. 
the idea, it'll come up on the screen. Jesus took enough hits to pay for the worst sin. Now hear this. Some of you know this. Some of you may not. Your worst sin. My worst sin. My multiple, horrible, ugly things I've thought and done over the last 50 years. He took those hits. He has such a heart to intervene. A a heroic heart like no other to intervene for the sake of humanity. Ah! Where's my water? So let's wrap up this point. A couple applications. Get practical. Ready? Easter reminders. I would ask you, don't write anyone off. If you want to write something, don't write anyone off. No one. No one. Did I say that? No one. If you need a good reminder, one of the things that helps me not write someone off is just make sure every once in a while you pause and remind yourself of all the things that you've been forgiven of. And I want to take just a moment to focus on one group of people with don't write anyone off. And by the way, please do not write yourself off. Every once in a while, I will hear someone say something like, oh, my sin, God could not forgive me. I, you know, I have to forgive myself. I can't even forgive myself. And they'll go into this thing on forgiving myself or God couldn't forgive me because my sin is so bad or because I've done this. Can I just clarify with some passion? Don't ever ever think that. God's plan to put Jesus on the cross is absolutely, totally efficient for your ugliest, darkest sin. In fact, it's a little bit offensive to think, well, God put this plan, this eternal plan with the perfect Jesus coming to earth. Yeah, but it just wasn't quite good enough for my big sin. That's crazy bogus. God knew exactly what he was doing put Jesus through the perfect process to pay for every sin in humanity if we come to him and say, help me, Jesus. He has got the power and did the work to save us. Every time. Kind of lost it there, didn't I? Every time. Ah. It's Easter. I love this. Where am I in my notes? Write down 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Read it. It has a list of sins. And at the end, it says, and that's what some of you were. And it says, but you were washed. And the word means complete removal of sin. You ever had a stain on a shirt or something? And it, when it happened, you thought, oh man, I'll never get that out. You had that? God's never had that feeling ever about anyone's sin. He can get that out. Wash. Hey, one more, one more before we touch on the last point. 
Easter reminder, don't write anyone off. The other one is don't forget to thank him. In other words, when's the last time you just worship Jesus for being washed, for being cleansed, being innocent? We're going to, in just a moment, uh, we're going to um, sing a song. They'll sing it better than I will, but it says, but the, the chorus is, I am washed by the blood of the Lamb. I, we're going to sing this in a minute. I am washed by the blood of the Lamb. By your scars, my sin erased, I am innocent. We're going to sing that in a minute, eh, probably three minutes, four minutes. Can I tell you when we sing it? Worship Jesus for his amazing ability to forgive really bad people like us. That was the first point. The second thing, this is a simple Easter good news idea. He never, Jesus is a hero like no other because he never really dies. He never really dies. I mean, he actually died on the cross, but for three days, but then he comes back to life. It's the Easter resurrection story that he's alive. And this is a wonderful characteristic of heroic Jesus because I'm not just glad that he died 2,000 years ago for my sin. I am so glad that he is alive today to walk with me. And he's alive today to walk with you and to show up and be still heroic in our life. Yesterday, yesterday morning, I was in a conversation with a friend of mine who's sick. And by the way, he's very sick. All right? He's a brother in Christ who knows Jesus Christ well. And in the conversation, I can't tell you how many times it came up. I am so glad that my brother, who is very, very sick, brother in Christ, who's very, very sick, he does not just have a Savior who died for him 2,000 years ago. He is a Lord and a comforter and a, the Spirit of God that is with him today in the midst of his very difficult challenges. You get what I'm saying? He didn't just love us enough to die. He's powerful enough to live and be with us as a hero in the here and now. If you want to write something down, it's this. Jesus isn't just a one-time sacrifice. He's a lifetime Savior. And if you want an inspiring verse, in Hebrews, you can write this down, Hebrews 7 talking about Jesus. By the way, it's talking about Jesus is better than a high priest. He's better than a pastor. Jesus is better than an angel. Be Jesus is better than anything. And it says, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm so grateful when the difficult times come that I have a Savior who is still alive, raised from the dead. So whether you're anxious about COVID-19 or a financial struggle, or if you're sick, you're really, really sick, or you've got that sin thing that you just can't seem to stop and it's really bad, there's a Savior that not just paid for your sin but walks beside us. And brings power and comfort and peace and all those wonderful things. So, as we finish our time, who needs an amazing hero today? Come up on the screen. Who needs an amazing hero today? I do. 
don't tune out. We're going to officially finish our time with some worship. I'm going to invite Michael and Leah up. And we are, I already referenced this. We're going to take just a, a minute. No, probably two minutes. Come on, you have two more minutes. To <clears throat> reflect on the reality that Jesus Christ came to cleanse us from our sin with that simple chorus, I am washed by the blood of the Lamb. And as we do this, I, I, I want us, I'm inviting you, as I have been doing this Easter week, consider your relationship with God. Consider your relationship with God. And there are two groups of people that come to mind. One is, you're really bad. And through this talk, you've realized, I need a really great Savior. By the way, we're all kind of really bad. But you're really bad. And you've thought, oh, I couldn't be forgiven. You totally can be forgiven. By belief and faith in Jesus Christ. There's another group. And you may know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But you're still kind of bad. Yes, you're forgiven, but you need to re-enlist in, oh, Jesus, I'm thankful that you're with me, that you'll never leave me or forsake me, and you're here to continue to help me. So let's consider our relationship with God as we worship, and then with this simple chorus, and then we'll officially close. Hang in there for the closing prayer, please, everybody. I am washed. respond as if we were all meeting together. No matter what platform you're watching on, there'll be a link that pops up. And if you just click that link, there'll be a, that'll connect you to a simple form. And you can basically walk through the same process that if we were all together in a room. Listen, will you please do that if you're responding with a commitment to Jesus? Because we want to encourage you and reach out to you, encourage you in your relationship with God. So watch for that link to pop up. I am washed. I am washed by the Christ's heroic act, 
his all-sufficient work to save us, to rescue us. And just now as one person, I pray for our church family. I pray for everybody that's connecting right now, for those of us that are committing or recommitting our life to Christ, for those of us are grateful for you, Jesus. I just pray a blessing on everybody right now. God, walk with us. Be with me. Be with us. Be with family this Easter weekend. And as we close, we just say, God, it's been an honor to worship and focus this attention on you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Happy Easter, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.